The 360 on Energy and Carbon, hosted by 360 Energy. Before we get into today's episode, the 360 Energy team would like to thank you for making this yet another exciting year of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. In our third year of podcasting, we reached over 20 countries, produced 40 plus episodes of new content, featured over 20 expert guests on our show, pulled in thousands of listens, and entertained hundreds of listeners to whom we are so grateful. We extensively explored the 360 part of our podcast name this year by featuring energy and carbon topics from food to ocean health, data to climate modeling, technology to markets, government to utility, ESG to corporate strategy, and literacy to industry examples. David, John, Alana, and myself sincerely thank you all for joining our energy and carbon journey. We look forward to sharing many more episodes with you in 2024. To the listeners we are a number one podcast for, we especially appreciate you. Thanks for listening to us weekly. Now let's get into our 2023 end of the year recap episode. Welcome back, Dave and John. It's really great to be back. Yes, it is. And it's one of our most Valuable and important podcast doing the summary of the year. This is fantastic. This is honestly my favorite to record because it gives you two a very hard time in choosing what some of your favorite episodes were this year. (laughs) And it also is a great starting point for our listeners to see what episodes can stand out and are a good start for getting into the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. So welcome old listeners and hopefully welcome some new listeners. To kick off this episode, what are some of the most valuable episodes for our listeners? You want to go first, John? Okay. That's a, I, I think that's a, a challenging one. Before we started recording, we were talking about this, and it's, we said it's a bit like being asked, who's your favorite child when you've got a number of children? It's interesting. Dave, Dave said in response to that, oh, it depends when you ask. <laughs> but I, I, I think that... I think what struck me, and I'm avoiding the question at the moment, but I think what struck me was that we we tackled a number of areas over the year. We we did quite a bit of, you know, sort of relating to food and agriculture. We did things relating to utilities. We did things relating to ESG, corporate structure, the energy markets. There's There's a whole lot there. I think that Probably the average listener would not want to listen to all of our podcasts because it wouldn't necessarily match all what they're interested in. But I'm going to I'm going to speak out here and I'm going to say I really enjoy when we when we talk about things. But I think that our listeners should look at the people that we have and we interview because they those are the, the podcasts certainly that have more impact on me because you're listening to what somebody else has got to say. And I think we've had some podcasts there that are particularly interesting, certainly Sarah Keys on, on ESG, and because that is a, a hot topic at a corporate level. I think another, another one that I certainly would, would, would want to pick out would be with Phil DeLuna and the carbon capture and removal, because I think that was really, really interesting. And then, well... I'm actually, I'm, I'm then stuck because it depends who you are and, and what you want, want to hear. But at the moment, I'm going to say those are two sort of higher level things to, to, to consider. 
So John, I'm going to be a little cheeky. And that is because our, our executive director didn't ask for a number. She didn't say what was the top three or not. So I went through. Oh, no. I oh, had to do it. John, found I found a flaw in the system. I found a flaw. Like, it's just, oh, i got to answer the question. So just to bear with people, I won't, I won't. But I went through all this. And as you said, it's like, how do you pick? Like, you know, you could go, you know, the most recent one. So that's vivid in your, but it was really challenging. Okay. So I'm going to tell people, I actually picked 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> 12. Right now, I, I don't know if people want to hear about it, but all I'm saying is, as John, you categorized it, it is depending on the listener and the area of interest that they have. So you you, you kind of nailed it, and we're going to talk about this later. But it, it's it it encompassed agriculture, it encompassed case studies of customers actually doing things, like real yeah. customers who are doing things. It include the energy industry, and, and we're dealing with leaders in the energy industry that are actually change makers in the energy industry, not the status quo. And, and then we had, like you say, deep thinkers like Sarah Key, uh, Bob Willard on the yes. procurement piece. So, so in summary, I picked 11. And I'm happy to put that on LinkedIn on who those top 12 or 11 are, but, but it's, it's, depends on, you know, where you're coming from. So that's my answer, and I'm sorry I wasn't being more direct. But oh, now, now, Dave, you've opened you've opened a can of worms for yourself, because yes. if you put these twelve on LinkedIn, somebody's going to yes. go, "What order are you putting them in?" Oh gosh, yeah. Well, that they'll have to stay tuned for that one because <laughs> it will change every week, John. <laughs> well, I will speak from our listeners' end. In the top three episodes that they enjoyed were actually three internal episodes. Uh, besides the other ones that we'll get to later. Uh, one of their favorite ones was the 2023 energy and carbon trends. So that was kind of us passing around some ideas we thought would be popular in 2023. Another popular episode was actually from last year, but it was our DER basics. And the DER basics are still, they still hold true to today. They recorded at the end of 2022, but it still seems to be a 2023 favorite. So if you ever want to learn more about distributed energy resources, that that's available to you. Another popular episode for our listeners was the top five energy and carbon management steps. So that seemed to change our listeners in how the way in the way they think. So that's another great episode, as well as our net zero procurement basics. So those were some of our listeners' favorites. Now, interesting enough, what's surprised. Well, I'm pleased, by the way, I have to be careful on this one, that it was just us talking and not guests speaking that caught people's attention. Yep. So nice. a few guests topped, topped these episodes a little bit, but I will, I will speak to those as we go through the rest of the questions. Okay. Very good. That made it quite balanced because we didn't want to refer to our own episodes, but you through listener feedback are, are saying that some of our own episodes were, were valuable. And I think that's... You know, that is really nice to hear. It is. It is. Our listeners like to hear you talk. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Lysandra, as you know, that's not a problem for John and I. <laughs> I, I know. And so does Elena. <laughs> so let's see if you both have one for me here. What episode had the biggest impact on the way you think? Okay. I'll go for this. And 
it was Phil DeLuna with his Deep Sky Carbon Capture and Removal. I have for a long time been, how can I put it, slightly, not sceptical, but not not fully bought in to carbon removals because I always felt that, well, maybe we should be, you know, it's an end of pipe solution. We should be doing something before. But I think over the course of the year and the podcasts we've been doing and other things I've been doing have made me realise we've got a real problem. We are not stopping producing carbon quickly enough. And then when you get somebody like Phil saying, Technologically, a solution exists with a location, Canada, where excess carbon could be sucked from the atmosphere and safely deposited. You start thinking to yourself, yeah, this has to be part of the mix. And I think I've moved from being, let's say, slightly sceptical about carbon removal, carbon capture, carbon storage, to, to going, yes. It's something that we have got to consider, but as part of the mix, not not a singular solution, but it is part of the mix. So that's the sort of a, a pivot point for me in terms of the, the podcasting we've done this year. John, I want to add to this because, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, because I listened to the podcast. He's not only suggesting that Canada can do it, but he's also suggesting Canada could do it for the world. Yes, he was. He was. And for I the think- total world, like we could... The world, like when I heard that again, I'm going, oh my gosh, the opportunity that we have available to us is huge. That is a big wow factor. I mean, the, 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 if you like, the, the scientist in me goes, mm, we need to have that claim peer reviewed and checked out. But we, we know that Phil is a credible person and he, Highly he, credible. he wouldn't loosely be making a claim like that. But it's when you hear that and then you then it follows, and this is the scary bit, well, why aren't we doing it? And I yep. think in part on that, you'll have to listen to our COP28 podcast because I, I think, you know, I, I've got some suspicions about what, what we might be talking about in that. And John comes with his research, so I highly suggest you all tune in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, I can't wait to be listening to it. Well, I, I tell you what, Okay, so... I was going to say, just an added bonus on our COP28 episode is somebody who I know quite well here in the UK and do work with is actually going to COP28. So I, I, I will be able to get some first-hand, or second-hand, but, you know, rather than just a generic reporter, I will be able to get somebody I know telling me what they thought about what it was like. So that, that I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Looking forward to it, John. Okay, so mine. Phil was outstanding. There's no doubt about it. And he, he was recent. He summarized, like, not only the technology, but actually why businesses, like, if you don't do this, you're in massive trouble. Like, and he just nailed it. But, okay, but I'm going to talk to you what I, they were so good, but what caught my attention? And, John, I don't think you were on the call. It was with Paul Rack from Verifarm. No, I And he's a, a small... He, it's small manufacturer that has been doing sustainability practices. And when I say that, focusing on energy, energy efficiency, things of that nature for over 10 years. And he said, quite frankly, and, and, and I think I, I stand to be corrected. I think he's like 22,000 square meters. So it's not a big operation, by the way. And he would be deemed as an SME. He conveyed that this is nothing but printing money. If you do this, it's just the best thing 
that you could ever do for your company, for your employees, for your suppliers. And, and by the way, it makes money. It doesn't cost money. It makes money for you to do it. And, and the fact that he's been doing it for so long and he has evidence and he's a small player, because for our listeners, we work with a lot of large corporations that struggle with this, truthfully. Yeah. And he's a small player that has nailed it and has conveyed the value. So I thought, wow, when you see a, a, a company like him that's done it, proven it, like there's, I have a lot of hope and uh, faith that that more players, more SMEs. In fact, I think SMEs will actually lead, could lead the world in this because they they're faster, they have less bureaucracy. So that I felt that was a pretty key one for me. Now I'll talk about the three that had the biggest impact on our listeners in the way that they think. Now they share some of the same sentiment as you, Dave, but our top episode was net zero procurement and supply chain with Bob Willard. That's episode number 82. Our second most listened to episode was a sustainable business case study, which was Veriform, episode number 85, and that was with Paul Rack. Yep. And then our third most listened to episode was what's happening with ESG in 2023 with Sarah Keys, episode number 81. So those were our listeners. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Lysandra and John, is that we are connected to Sarah and Paul Rack because of Bob Willard. Oh, and they're all the top three. All the top three? Yeah. Now, I will say something that had the biggest impact on the way I think. I think we have some of these guests on almost some of them have been on every year since we've started the podcast. This is our third year going. And I think what's had the biggest impact on the way I think is that the way they think has changed over the years. Yeah. And it's really great to see these very intelligent guests, these experts in their industry, adapting and coming up with new ideas and new ways to see the future. I think it's very inspiring, and it shows that we all have room to grow. Totally agree. I, I think totally it's agree. so true there. I'll, I'll go with this. It's a bit bit dangerous. But we, we are having an inquiry into the COVID situation. You know, it's a government-funded inquiry. And what one of the comments was made by somebody, well, the problem was, was the scientists kept changing their advice. And somebody had to point out that what science does is it looks at what's going on, it provides what it thinks is the solution and what you should do. And if the underlying facts or circumstances change, then the opinion of what you should be doing changes. And I I thought that's quite interesting because an awful lot of people expect science to be fixed. I mean, we 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 believe, mm. you know, gravity, Newton, all that, that's it. But the truth of science is that's what science accepts until it comes up with another solu- another explanation, a better explanation, and then it might go somewhere else. And I, I think you're you're absolutely right. I think to have speakers on who are prepared to change their view in light of changing circumstances is is really interesting and it's important and it's something that we all need to do. It's really evolution, yeah. really, right? It, it 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 it's if you kept thinking the same way without learning what you've done right or wrong, like. It's a, it's a requirement or else if we don't, humankind won't survive, period. 
So yeah, I, I once yeah, heard somebody talk. I was going to say, I once heard somebody talking about, oh, he's got 40 years experience. And somebody said, yeah, the problem is he's got one year's experience. He's relived for 39 years. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say, you know, on the 360 Energy podcast from episode one to episode 110, I definitely think our mindsets have changed as we listen to more and more of these guests, as we've explored more topics, as more facts have been publicized. I think there's always room to grow and learn. And I think that's probably had the biggest impact on the way I think. Yeah, you Great. say say that, Great. Lysandra, but I'm going to add, going to throw one in. There are, there are certain fundamentals that we've talked about that I think have not changed. That have stayed the same. You know, yeah. that's that correct. not every problem is a binary problem. Most of the problems, you have to have good data or good information in order to solve them. And if you don't have that information, you can't work out a solution and you can't manage them. That has not changed. Yep. And John, I'm going to add, this is not a one person or department problem. This no. is a societal problem that multi-disciplines need to be involved or exposed to. Yes. Don't, do not be relying on one group to answer the problem or one as, okay, we're stealing something from Phil. There's no silver bullet on this thing. No. It's buckshot. You need lots of things that have to be done. Yeah, I see some organizations, they go, oh, we need a subject matter expert. And they expect that subject matter expert to do everything and be everything. Teams are better than individuals. If our listeners have heard our 110 episodes, you would have heard Dave and John mention those <laughs> same very points from episode one to 110. So they fundamentally believe in this and I can vouch yeah. for that. Yeah. And, Lysander, what's really important is actually now we're hearing customers or clients, they're not our clients, they're the people in the marketplace that are mm -hmm. saying the same thing. It's not us telling them. They're reinforcing that whole belief. So, Now, this episode, I've given you a limit. If someone was listening at an executive level, what are the top three episodes you would recommend? John, should I go first or do you want to go first? I'll go first because you're going to have 12. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's interesting because we've got some double episodes, haven't we, with the same organization. So I'm going to be cheeky and say <laughs> if there's a double episode, I class it as one. In no particular yes. order, I think the two episodes on Purolator I think they are really ones that senior management should listen to. I think Sarah Keys and ESG, because we're going to hear a lot more about that in the future, and I think it's it's a lot more that, that needs to be there. And then given the support that you gave earlier about the popularity of an internal episode, I'm going to say the top five energy and carbon management steps. So that's my three. Thanks, nice. John. Dave, for your long list. Okay. Yes. Welcome audience. Okay. So here's the thing. The question was, you know, what would the executives? And I said, okay, guys, depends where I'm an executive. Like am I executive at a manufacturing location? Am I an executive in an agriculture setup or am I an executive in the energy business? So that's why I'm being cheeky. So here we go. I'll start with agriculture because actually agriculture, I have a bias, but they tend to lead because I have to lead because they don't have any options or things are so competitive and climate change is having a huge impact on them trying to keep up with. So 
So staying with that, I, I'm going to convey on the agriculture side when we, um, I think it's our first uh, two podcasts of the year where we're talking about agriculture modeling. And that was, I think, number 68 and 69. So John, like you, I think you're right. We stay with as if it's one podcast, even though it's two. That was with the government of Canada and British Columbia. And I'm kind of keen to come back to them this year to see what's happening on that as well. And that was related to, by the way, horticulture sector, how it's impacting the cherry yeah. and, the, and the wine mm-hmm. industry. And, and it's having a dramatic impact. The, the uh, second uh, one that I want to reference is Depeche, uh, who talked about how climate change is impacting the, uh, the farming side and how regenerative uh, farming is, quite frankly, uh, becoming a, a, a way of doing business, which is what was done probably 100 years, 150 years ago. So it's coming back. So I, 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 those are on the agriculture side. On the energy side, I actually thought we dealt with some real leaders, thought leaders in this area in the utility sector. So we had Fortis BC and we also had uh, Essex Power. So I have, so I think it's in the 90s, number 96 and 90, number 71. And then if you want to stay with John Norman, because he's in the energy industry and he's, it's a change, like he, his technology for long-term storage will replace thermal plants that, or assist in renewable energy. That's it, a game changer. So, okay. Now, to the marketplace. And John, I'm in total agreement. I think what PureLater is doing and has been doing for years, and they have been very open and transparent to try to tell people the importance, but also what steps to take. I, They lay, laid it out specifically, all the different things need to be done and why it needs to be done and the challenges. I thought it was, it was brilliant. Paul Rack was another one. And then I tied in uh, Bob Willard and, and Sarah Keys because those are the procurement, how to do procurement ASG. So that's my executive uh, listing that I would recommend. So I put it in those categories. Now I'm going to, as always, take it from a beginner route and I'm going to kind of go back to basics. And I think my top three that I would recommend was our first episode of 2023, which is the top five energy and carbon management steps, episode number 67. Following that, I think Key Steps to a Successful Energy Transition, episode number 100. I think those two will give you a really good idea of where to start. And then what I thought was actually really valuable was our episode with Electricity Human Resources Canada's CEO, Michelle Brannigan. And that was Workforce for a Low Carbon Economy, episode number 84. So without the proper workforce, you won't be able to move to a successful energy transition. True key point. Yeah, touche, that's good. That is a good selection. Yeah, that's a, you know, we tend to forget yeah. in this business, we talk about, you know, resource management. We tend to forget that human resources are absolutely critical to whatever's going to happen. And if we don't have people trained in the right skills and available, then we're not going to be able to make the transition. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Wish I thought and that. My recollection too. My recollection on based on what she was saying, and it's so critical, is the utility industry, specifically the electrical, because we're going to probably double, possibly triple our requirements for electricity. It, we, don't, we don't have the trained resources currently in place. And there's a lot of people that are going to be retiring. So yeah. I thought it was a very, very important piece that had to be uh, spoken about and needs to be f- focused on going forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think what I found most interesting is, you know, a lot of, especially this year, we focused on really interesting technology to help us lead to a low carbon future. But another part and another tool is humans, the humans that are behind the technology and the humans doing this day-to-day work to lead to that low carbon economy. So I thought that episode was really great. Sandra, that would be one of the other items that John and I forgot to mention is how people are the most important, not in technology. Um, yeah. So you, you nailed that's another key fundamental piece. Yeah, if you haven't got people in place, you can have all the fancy strategies. In fact, you can't even build a decent strategy unless you've got the right people around. Yeah. Yeah. And education, that's our other one that we, we, we should have said uh-huh. when we're saying our fundamentals. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And I think in- we're now to five. Yeah. Well, we're, we're doing all right. <laughs> Thing is, if people listen to the now, podcast, they'll pick these all up. <laughs> they will. They will. All it takes is two episodes. And, and yeah, you got it. <laughs> Which is great. It's great. Hmm. Now, my favorite question, and this question we ask our guests every single episode, what was your biggest takeaway? So did you have an aha moment during this year? Okay. I, I'm going to tell you, and we did, I did mention this in the pod, like as one of the favorites, but Bob Hawksworth was talking about how the city of Calgary, you know, how they look at how to check on how they're, they're forecasting what they're doing and if they're actually doing it. But he said something that like caught my attention the week before I, I, I I'm a pretty healthy person, but I had a temperature, which I'd never had. And I felt I was completely out of it. And he was saying, you know, really climate change, just think about this. If you're going one and a half to three degrees, like imagine what you're like when you have a temperature yourself, how you feel. So what's the world going to feel like when we're one and a half to three? And like it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, oh, my God, I remember how I felt when I was only like one and a half degrees. He, he He made a great analogy. And I thought he's right. The world doesn't think about this stuff because we take everything for granted what we have. So that, I mean, there's so many other things, but that really nailed it for me on why it's so important that we have to do something on this. That's great. John, what was your biggest aha moment? I'm going to go back to Phil DeLuna and his carbon capture, storage and removal, but I'm going to use this opportunity to throw in an episode that we haven't talked about that I think is really appropriate given that this is coming out in December. And that was Robert Lee episode 98 on reducing leftover cuisine. And I think all of our listeners have a moral duty to listen to that episode and think about it. John, can I pick up on what you said? Like what captured me is 40% of the U.S. that grows food is actually wasted. 40% of all the U.S.'s growing crops is wasted. That that hit me like a ton of bricks too. Yeah. That was a big piece. Yeah, I, it's it's something here in the UK. I've been involved in a project we call food banks, and I'm aware that there there are issues to be done. But hearing how a, a young man had an idea, put it into place, and he now has what ten to fifteen thousand volunteers supporting his project, it actually shows the power of groups of people, and that's all being done not being driven by profit or anything else. It's being driven by a desire to do better. And I don't think you could have a much better message round about Christmas time. May, the, I, I got a feedback from a, a listener and they thought Martin Markham Hishup's podcast on the energy transition 
was one of the most valuable that they found and that the history of the transition has been going on for years. Agriculture has been doing it. He thought that was fantastic. One thing that Markham felt, and I I hear this where he, this from guests frequently is they, a story has to be told so people actually get it because we can get too technical the industry period. So I, I totally agree with that. One thing that Markham said that caught my attention that I didn't agree with, but I'm not saying he's wrong, is that he he found it wasn't really up to people to make a change. We have to make it easy to for the change to occur. So it's not up to people. Coming back to what we said earlier on the fundamentals, I actually think the way we relied on other people to do this work, I think society has to be more involved. That's that's kind of different from what I think uh, some of our um, participants, they always think, oh, it's technology or the utility, it's the utility's job. You don't have to worry about that. I actually think we have to down, download some of that responsibility in society. And I'm not sure that's agreed, understood, or, you know, possibly that's part of the bottleneck. It's interesting you say Good that, point. Dave. I was watching a, a program here on our Channel 4, and it was three well-known people who were campaigning about climate change and saying something needs to be done and I'm, I'm going to try and get hold of the statistics from it but they were basically looking at actions that are needed to, to make the transition to make net zero happen and only 27 percent of it is down to individuals the rest of it is down to business and governments and states and they're saying yeah. that is why we are having a problem at the moment because there's a lot of individuals want to move the dial, but without business and government making it possible, building infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the individual actions just won't 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 make a difference. You know, the agree. will be well intentioned. I agree with that, John. But we need more to do. Right. And so I just for our listeners to make sure everyone understands when we're saying People need to be involved, certainly society, but we're saying people in businesses, leaders yes. in businesses. They, they can't rely on a department or someone to take it. It needs a variety of people to be involved. Now, yeah. we'll see if this happens, but somebody was suggesting to me that one of the things we might see coming out of COP28 is something about more credibility for businesses making net zero claims. Because they're saying that what's happened is, is one of the responses of business to the situation we've got is, oh, let's sign up the race to the race to zero. Let's sign up. Let's say we're going to do net zero. And then you actually look at it. They haven't got metrics in place. They haven't got a strategy in place. And as time goes on, they're going to have to be shown to be more credible. And that links back to the changing face of ESG. I think my biggest aha moment is how true our podcast name is. It really is a 360 on energy and carbon. And when I was scrolling through our list of this year, I found we talked to utility, we talked to people in food, we talked to people in ocean health, climate modeling, technology, markets, data, government, ESG, corporate strategy, policy, literacy, examples in the industry, we reached a broad a broad sense of all things energy and carbon. And I think that our hope with this podcast is that it's available and 
easy for everybody to understand with our episodes and our guests that come on. However, we do understand it's a big undertaking and there are many different categories that fall into energy and carbon. Yeah, and I'll just add, Lysandra, I actually, I think we said this earlier, but, and I, I, I say this every podcast, how much I really enjoy doing these. Every session I learn, and you were right, when you reflect on all the things we did, like uh, I've grown as a person on what needs to be done and what should be changed and things. Like, So I'm hopeful that our listeners do get something like at least half as much as what we're getting. Cause I think there's, I'm hopeful what they're, they're learning from this process. Yeah. I also wonder with our, our listeners, I mean, we're open to the fact if you're, if you're a keen listener and you think there's a topic that we should be talking about or getting a guest on about shout out. Now to end off this episode, what lesson do you hope listeners take away from listening to episodes number 67 to 108? So we've had about 42 guests with over, sorry, we've had about 42 episodes with over 20 guests this past year. Okay, I'll start it off, John and Lysandra. I actually, sometimes I sit in this seat and wonder if if the world is going to change fast enough or quick enough. And, and then I think and reflect on the guests we have and the topics we have. And there are people, the transition is happening and it's happening and it's going to accelerate. So I, I guess this exercise you've asked us to do, I actually think there are people in the marketplace and really sharp people like Phil, John, like Bob, Sarah, like there's just leaders in the people in, in the sector that are moving and moving things fast. And so I sometimes you don't think it's moving fast enough, but I think in the past year things are happening and there's some really smart people that are on this. And so I, 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 I think, so I'm pleased. I, I just think it, the world is moving and, and we just need to continue that work with more people. John, yeah. what do you hope listeners take away? I hope they take away that, you know, climate change is for real. Carbon is the issue. Energy is a major contributor to carbon. And as Dave said, there's a lot of good thinkers out there who are, have solutions and have suggestions about where we might go. And I think at the end of the year, if you've listened to all of it, I think you should end up more hopeful than fearful about where we're going. Yes, yes John, absolutely. I would say I hope listeners realize that if there's an area you want to explore, there's probably an expert or someone that's already in that area that you can start having those conversations with. And if there isn't, I think be in it a bit, explore it. And I think you could be one of those top leaders that are making a change. All right. Well, thank you for another great recap episode. I look forward to starting year four with you both. Yes, it's just going to give you even more exciting as we go forward. Thank you, uh, both of you. It's just been a joy uh, this yeah. year. Appreciate your uh, participation and assistance for sure. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's interesting. And I even find myself sometimes after we've done this, I'll be talking to people. And I go, hey, you never guess what we were talking about on the podcast. And I get people go, oh, you do a podcast? And I go, yes. 
and, and but I'm I'm still a bit reluctant with some of them to share the link. You shouldn't, John. No, I should. You shouldn't. I, have, I, yeah, the content's really. What, it what is. You and Alexander, it's it's good content. It is. It's good stuff. Yeah, and if you're one of our listeners and you enjoy listening to us, be sure to send that link to us, family, friends, coworkers, and have them listen to the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast as well. Yes, Alexander. I want to thank all the listeners too. Yes. Uh, I really appreciate your listening. We're really pleased with the growth of this. So thank you, everyone. Thanks. Have a great day. That's all for today's episode of the 360 on Energy and Carbon podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check us out on our website at 360energy.net and follow us on LinkedIn at 360 Energy Inc. Tune in to our podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, or other listening platforms by searching the 360 on Energy and Carbon. You can watch the video recording and subscribe on YouTube at 360 Energy Inc. Email us your feedback at podcast at 360energy.net or comment on our LinkedIn posts.